0: That ball hit deep, that ball way back, stretch, stretch, he jumps, and makes the catch,
1: No. And ball hit high and deep, way back,
0: way back, and hit that quite out of here, Get together. Go! Welcome to Burler's Hurlers. It is Saturday, September second. You know, I, I usually have the record up and ready, but does it even matter? Um, let me let me see. The Whites 12 Sox- and
1: 702.
0: 12 and 702. Thank you, Don. 53 and 82, 17 games behind, fourth place all day, bottom of the league, dumpster team. <laughs> I'm host Dan.
1: This is Don. Um, I was actually looking this morning at tickets for tonight. Like, you know, if I can get like behind the seat or behind the plate for like twelve bucks, I'd go. That's how low we are. Like, I want a scout seat for twelve bucks, and still I'd have to think about it. Like if other plans were offered, I'd I'd do the other plans. This is an absolute catastrophe.
0: Yeah. I mean, 2023, we can talk about it briefly, but uh, there's huge news that we need to cover since last time we potted. Last time we potted, we talked about what we expect the front office to look like in the next 18 months. And I think we weren't far off from where things actually ended up. Um, so, major news Rick, and everyone's heard it by now, we're reacting after the fact. Rick and Kenny fired. Chris gets in. Humongous news. Uh, careful what you wish for, I guess, is a quick takeaway on this. Like, I think everybody who wanted Rick and Kenny to be fired wanted that to be a symbol of change and, you know, new direction. And I don't think we're getting that at all. You know, we're they're not even lying about it. They're saying this is the easiest thing to keep the path we have. So, I think for people who wanted to see Rick and Kenny relieved their duties or at least shifted responsibilities something this is like the worst possible outcome honestly because it's just not it's just i i don't know don jump in here on just for me this is it's so bad because i i just don't even know what point you made other than removing the two-headed dragon or serpent whatever it is and the dual blame dual accomplishment who's really in charge that's really the only thing they've said is changing there's one person so i guess that's the only positive is it's the exact same organization exact same trajectory just a different person at the helm i mean let's get into it don okay so
1: when it happened like when the news came out I was sure it was fake. I was sure it was like a fake Twitter account because people are amazing with graphic design and like changing stuff now. You, you can make stuff look incredibly real. I was certain it was fake. And when I found out it was true, I was still like jaw on the floor surprised. Do you mean the
0: Rick and Kenny fired or yeah, gets
1: hired? Right. Okay. Rick and Kenny fired. So when Rick and Kenny were fired, and news came out and I understood it to be true. Honestly, like in... The 25 years of following sports pretty closely of my life, this ranks so far high up there in terms of shocking, shocking sports news. And I know it's such a niche thing, like the GM of a team that nobody cares about. We're like such an irrelevant team. So in the grand scheme of things, it's like so unimportant. But as a Chicago sports fan, there haven't been many times in my life where I've just been genuinely shocked. And Jerry Reinsdorf, not only firing Kenny and firing Rick, but doing it in the middle of the season, I was stunned. So what did you think of it? Like, rewind to that moment. What was your reaction when Kenny and Rick were actually fired?
0: Yeah, that's great. I'm glad you brought us back there. Um, I was shocked because of all the messaging, the way that Reinsdorf has run organizations, loyalty, a key and to just fire people at such an arbitrary time in the season was really huge news i it it had to be done like if you look at this team objectively and reasonably they should have been fired a long time ago so it's not a bad fire the timing is so weird and the per, the person who executed it but i mean even when you say go back to then the chris gets rumors were like that night
1: yeah, it was and immediate,
0: <laughs> like just to t- go back then, we couldn't even have one day to enjoy the, hey, something's changed, something you've been asking for. It was already a leading story, the leading candidate, day one. And as the details, it's even that day is soured for me. I, I couldn't even enjoy it. it. It just so quickly became they're doing the wrong thing immediately. I mean, what was it was probably like
1: three hours between the press release that they were fired and Bob Nightingale's tweet that like Sox are going to prioritize an internal hire. Chris Guts is leading candidate. So we had like three hours of unencumbered joy and like a, a weight off the collective shoulders of Sox fans literally three hours before that was ruined. But those three yeah. hours were nice. I'll tell you what.
0: They were great. And I. For about a day or 36 hours, I was willing to think maybe this was a strategy move. But strategy, they've never heard of that in the decision-making halls of the White Sox. This was just showing their their hand immediately, it being terrible, and then it it playing out. It, it just sucks. Thinking back to that day, that just like brief little windows, anything is possible all the things we talked about everything that people want many different perspectives and none of them are addressed it was, it was just nuts it was a, it was it's just been a a brutal month for any Sox fan who's bought into this rebuild at all has you know loyalty to the team it's just been slobber knocker after slobber knocker just weathering blows non it's not only are we terrible on the field and it's horrible what's going on out there (laughs) but for like the next let's say at least two years to just be status quo sucks
1: (laughs) well i do so i know i know we're gonna get to chris Getz specifically but there's still part of me that does want to give jerry jerry reinster credit for firing kenny and rick because Honestly, it was inconceivable to me that they would ever be let go. I just resigned myself to Jerry letting them run the team until he sells it to his son or until he, you know, God forbid, passes away. I I just understood that this is what the life of a white sex fan is like. I got an old owner who doesn't seem to care that much. He's got family and friends around. Why rock the boat? He's comfortable. And I just couldn't conceive of an alternate reality. So the fact that this happened and the fact that he did it like that, I, I know it's five, six years too late, but I do want to give him a little bit of credit for actually getting it done because you saw in the press conference, I do think he was pretty genuine when he said like, you know, Kenny Williams, I, I thought of him like a son even now after I fired him. I, he's still a part of my family and if I was like the owner of a franchise and I fed fire my son, like yeah I'd put that decision off forever so I know it was delayed, but I'm so happy that it's got done. Like, seriously, I'm so I know Chris gets sucks and we'll get into it, but I'm so, so happy that Kenny and Rick are gone. Are you still holding on to a little bit of that happiness? or does Chris gets just like 100% block out the sun. He's just like a nuclear holocaust of lost hope.
0: It's not that desperate. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite Terminator two where the the nuke takes out LA. No, it's not that bad. Um. Yeah, let's let's give some credit, I guess, for firing people that should have been fired. I mean, Kenny Williams has been around so long that it almost just doesn't make sense to have someone around. <laughs> you know, I get it. You're loyal. You have this, the father-son thing going. And I don't think Jerry's acting out of not wanting to win or, like, he doesn't care. I think he does. I just don't think he understands how to win today. And that's a big problem when, I don't know. It, it's I mean, when I hear him talk, he's very genuine. Like I, I think he's genuine. It's just, he's not the guy you want running the team. That's just the I, truth of it.
1: Yeah, I do too. When people say like, Oh, he's so greedy. He's just in it for the money. He doesn't care about the product on the field. I don't think that's true at all. This guy like genuinely loves baseball. And if he was only interested in money, he could be spending a whole hell of a lot less. Like there are yeah. owners who literally spend a hundred million dollars less than he does. We have like, I think the, the median payroll, we're yep. like literally 15th out of 30. So
0: top 10 right. usually. Yeah. We hover around big spending. I mean, but I, that's I never been know, a problem. It's just I, always been how, how it's executed, you know?
1: Exactly. I and think the, the
0: timing is super interesting on the, uh, the move, and I really wonder how much it had to do with the most recent deadline. If there was just sign, because this the messaging I'm getting is I'm good to cruise control for two years, but I don't trust these guys anymore. So, do you think just this last six weeks pushed him over the edge? Anything in particular? Do you think like the burger trade? We can get into that. I mean, there's rumors that people went over each other's heads to get that deal done. And I mean, if you're Jerry Reinsdorf and you're like, maybe a little bit removed from the game at day to day because, you know, you have other things you hear. Hey, we just traded our best player fan favorite and the GM and president disagreed on the move. I mean, do you think there's a chance that that was like, what the hell you you, what?
1: (laughs) Well, it's such an interesting question because I think there's like two ways you can interpret it. One is you take Jerry at face value when he said that he wanted to do this in season because he wanted to do it early enough. So Rick Hahn could get another job with another team. And he said that, which I think is insane. Like what teams are like, Oh my God, Rick Hahn's available. We got to bring him into our organization. That, That just shows you how kind of delusional Jerry is to your earlier point. Like it's not that he doesn't care. He cares a lot. He just has like, a diluted sense of care. So that's one alternative or one uh, reading of the situation. He did it as a favor of Rick because he would prefer to wait to the end of the season. The other is that like he was horrified at how awful the Jake Berger trade was, which I don't think is true. Like one trade wouldn't have made a difference, but I think once it became this national story and it was just this like snowball effect where he couldn't stop this news coverage of his team his beloved team turning into like a national laughing stock i don't know if there was a straw that broke the camel's back but late august he finally was like holy shit this is too big for this is too big i i need to cut it i thought we can just like ru- you know ride off into the sunset low key but like no way everyone is laughing at the white socks i got to do something which I think is probably what happened. Like, I don't think I, no one wants to hire Rick Han. How could Jerry think that like people would hire Rick Han after he fires him? He did such I, a horrible job.
0: I'll bet you he'll get a job, not at the same level, but if he wants to work in major league baseball, he can,
1: I bet he could, he can work for like the big 10 or something as like the assistant, like director of operations or something.
0: Yeah. Or I mean, like just from a, pre- a procedural person He'll get a job. He really will. I'm not worried about Rick Hahn.
1: I'm not either. I just, the, your question is important because the 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 correct, if Jerry knew that trouble was happening and he needed to make a change, the question is, well, why didn't he do it and in, in July 1st? If he knew that he was eventually going to have to fire these guys and promote Chris, Chris Guts, why didn't he do it July 1st? promote chris gets july 3rd and say all right chris you got three weeks to decide what to do before the trade deadline
0: it's pretty strange because if you're saying like you're shorting either group that trade deadline opportunity exactly if you the plan was to get gets all along why not and you want to give him experience Uh, i could see both sides of it I could see them it having nothing to do with the outcome and just like you guys built this team, trade off these last bits, and then you're out the door. I could see that just as easily. Like, yeah, Jake Berger and all the rumors suck, but it's a mountain of rumors and bad PR. It's just another straw. So it could have broke its back or it could have not even mattered. I think there's what we've seen. I think he was going to fire him either way. Like, let's take out that one piece that everyone says is the problem that is it Kenny's team or is it um, Rick's team? Maybe that fixes it. Let's ride it out. Cause that's, we've talked about this, the inevitability of this roster. It's not built to be shuffled around right now. Like there's just the reality that you sell for pennies on the dollar or you ride it out until 2025. Like we've talked about that. So that's what they're choosing. We didn't, this wasn't unpredictable because just the way they're set up, they're set up for this core for two more years. And then they're free of everyone. Then it's anyone can do anything. So do you think
1: that Jerry actually gave like Kenny and Rick a mandate? Like you can do what you want in the trade line, but you are not trading cease. You're not trading Luis Robert. You're not trading Eli. Do you think he told him that?
0: I would hope so, because I I don't know. I I just don't trust those two guys either way to get a good deal done. (laughs) And if he had, I mean, we've seen Rick's like what we've heard. It sounds like Rick's been held hostage in this role for at least a season or more. (laughs) I mean, it's been crazy. So maybe that's the order, but we don't even know. We truly have no idea. We have going or gets going out there saying, Nobody's untouchable, but Pedro Gofal is safe. It's like, what does that mean? Like, I, I can't answer any of these questions because it's just speculation, you know? Like, we have no clue what they're what, planning right now other than to ride it out.
1: Let's get into Chris Gets then, because I think, like, the uh, the decision to fire Kenny and Rick objectively good. Yes. Objectively good. Yes. Even if you re- replaced him with the worst possible gm which, which they i did. think we what they did <laughs> i still think it's it's probably an upgrade so yes, i
0: agree Gets, i agree yeah so i think chris even Gets, with what they've done it's better than what they had
1: totally that, agree like people who think that this is a worse outcome which i saw some of that on twitter like that chris guts is a worse uh gm than rickhan I don't maybe that's true in five years. I don't think there's any way you can argue that Rickon deserved another week on the job. He was horrible. He has mountains of evidence to prove he was horrible. So now Chris gets take me into your mind. You heard that Chris gets officially promoted, not rumors anymore. He got the job press release. What were your thoughts when that came out?
0: I'd already been conditioning myself for this hire for years.
1: pre-grieved like in succession
0: if you yes thank you if you look at the socks organization who's where there's tea leaves brewing for generations when i saw chris Getz head of uh you know the miners years ago i was like what the hell is that all about I'm like oh my god anyway so i i already pre-grieved it, it's a bad hire uh, but like it's the perfect hire for what they want But it's a bad hire in any other circumstance. If you put any sunlight on it, it's a bad hire. Only if you, like, let's take away the candidate. Let's start there. What was the process? There was no process. They rumored around in the mill. Chris Getz's name came up. He was involved in a lot of combos. They talked to some people outside of the org. This is what Jerry said. This is not me speculating. They talked to people outside the organization and they decided they didn't even have to interview people. They were just going to give it to Getz. So it's already a bad hire. You haven't even interviewed for the job. Like that's one on one. So let's start there on the process. Did like did that bother you?
1: Totally. And you know what it reminded me of is when uh, the Bulls fired Thibodeau, which I thought was a disaster. I love Tibbs. He was like my favorite, maybe my favorite coach of any sport of my lifetime. But after he got fired, which I thought was a disaster, Garpacks, Reinsdorf's guys, they said a similar thing, like we're gonna do a, we're gonna do a national search. We're gonna do a global search. And then they hired Hoiberg, who Gar Foreman worked with at Iowa State. They've been like boys for thirty years. So it's the same thing, like we can pretend to do a global search if you guys want, if the fans want a global search, we'll do it and we'll pretend it, but we're still going to hire this guy we've known for years. So on some level, like obviously it's a mistake for the Sox not to hire or not to interview a bunch of people, but is that really a better outcome if they would have just wasted a bunch of people's time just to hire Chris gets anyway? Like I'm kind of torn. Because Reinstorf, like I would have loved for him to interview like assistant GMs of the Dodgers and the Rays, just successful organizations, at least to hear what like successful people are doing and to hear different trains of thought. Right. Even If he hired Chris Getz anyway, it's like, oh, at least he got exposure to outside ideas. So not even getting that is like way worse than hiring Chris Getz.
0: Yeah, it's it's like an argument not even worth having. It's like is not interviewing people for a position bad? Yes, <laughs> yeah. unanimous poll survey. 100% of people said that was a bad idea. Yeah, for I mean the sharing of information, getting people into your building and, you know, setting up relationships. Maybe you don't hire him, but maybe 9 months from now you try to make a deal cuz he got a job somewhere else. So build relationships outside of the room. They don't want to do that. They want to keep it all in in-house. Where they're not even going to they're not even going to formalize an interview. Hey, we gave you a shot. You ended up somewhere else. You took a better offer. It worked out. It, it's maddening. It's, it's really maddening because it, then let's talk about the reasons Jerry was like, well, this is why we went with Chris. They said, well, if we did do interviews, he might, he said, might have been the best candidate we interviewed. So it, you're even acknowledging. <laughs> He's not a, a home run. We don't even need to interview people. You said he might be the best candidate. That sucks. <laughs> you years you years don't long. even love this guy for the job. You like him for the job.
1: Exactly. Like, if I love Chris Getz and I really think that this young man, young relatively relative to Jerry, not relative to us, if, I, if I'm 85 years old, and I think this young guy really is a shot to be a great GM, I'm not handing him the job and starting off his career at a huge disservice where he has this like mountain of uh, hatred that he has to overcome where people are saying he's unqualified. I want him to prove that he's capable. And the first step of that is like, hey, Chris, I'm bringing in the assistant GM of the Astros, the Dodgers and the Rays, the three best organizations in baseball. And those throws three people and you, and you need to sit down in and interview with me and explain why you, an assistant GM of one of the worst teams in baseball, deserves this promotion. And it's an incredibly, but if you can do it, I'm open to hiring you. At least make him work for it because an assistant GM of the White Sox, I don't care how talented you are, you are not more qualified than an assistant GM of the Rays or the Dodgers or the Astros. Just point blank. So now that I'm handing Chris Gets the job, All the other 29 organizations are going to be circling like vultures because they know Chris gets like didn't deserve this. He's unqualified. They're going to try to take advantage of him. So you're like making his job harder. This guy you supposedly love and care for. You're instantly making his job harder by having this sham interview process. Well, not even a sham interview, but just like no interview process. It's such a joke.
0: Yeah, there's two more things I want to hit on. So don't let me forget the last one. But um, the next one is... The other reason that he was – we haven't even gotten to Chris Getz, the person, the the baseball person. We're still talking on the rationale. Right. Was that we would lose a year if we hired an outside individual.
1: Oh, my just, God. I hated that.
0: Just in the evaluation. Now, I'm just going to say that's a false premise because you're going to lose a year no matter what due to just normal attrition. I don't care. Any change is change. So whether it's Chris gets just learning the machinations of the role, or a new person coming in, and having to learn your strengths and weaknesses. I would rather have that lost year, let's call it from an outsider from a real (laughs) investigation of what's going on. What's good? What's bad? What do we need to change? Because Instead, you're spending that year on him learning how the Outlook system works. So, I don't know. I think that's false. Where are you at on that?
1: I thought that was a crazy thing for Jerry to say in tandem with him making it clear that he expects to contend in 2024. Because if you're saying, like, you know, this we might have to tear this down, we might be entering a rebuild process, and I don't want to waste time with a new hire who's got to like make relationships internally before he makes relationships externally, we need to hit the ground running to do what's right by this organization, which might mean getting rid of everybody. That would make sense to me. Like if we're going to rebuild, start the process internally, we can start in a month if we need to, but, but saying we're going to keep winning or we want to win and therefore we can't afford like a lost year. What do you expect to happen in the next year? Where like Chris Goetz would be more capable than another if you're saying the mandate is to win? Do you think Chris Goetz would make like a more aggressive trade with who? We don't have anybody to trade. Are you saying Chris Goetz would make a more prudent free agent decision? We don't have any money to spend. Like you're handcuffing both people, Chris Goetz or Outside Hire, by saying we want to win in 2024. Oh, but we don't really have prospects to trade. Oh yeah, and I'm not gonna like increase the payroll and, and we're not gonna rebuild. what what i don't understand how those two things fit it's a crazy thing for jerry to say
0: i think if your goal was to compete in 2024 you should have fired one of rick or kenny and vacated the others you know reassign the responsibilities to one person do the do the one leader you know that's why i don't get this it just doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense for the goal or for the rationale to reach the goal.
1: That actually would have made sense. I would have thought it was like, I would have disagreed with it. But if Jerry was like, all right, I'm Rick. I'm sorry. I got to let you go. Kenny, you have 14 months to turn this around, or I'm going to let you go at the end of 2024. So Kenny, you have carte blanche. You're not rebuilding. We're going to win. You can trade whatever prospects you want. But if we're not in the playoffs, 2024, you're gone. That at least would have like made some sense. It would have been like a unified vision. But now we're in this messy, like worst of both worlds situation where an internal hire has a mandate to win, but with no resources to do so. It's so weird.
0: Yes, yes. Um, do you want to hit on any more of the rationale of the hire? The process, or do you want to get into the person?
1: Let's go into Chris Getz's qualifications or lack thereof because I have a laundry list of complaints.
0: Yeah. And it's not a long list of accomplishments. So let's start, I guess, at the top where his MLB presence started. He was a player, he was less than a guy, uh, bounced around, he was on the socks. He was on the Royals. So the Royals conspiracy is real. Be on the lookout. Um, then he went into minor leagues, scout. I'm not exactly sure how he ended up the head of White Sox uh, player development, the whole minor league system. But he did. He was in that role for seven years. And, I mean, we know the outcomes. <laughs> None. None. <laughs> so that's that's the resume on paper like I don't know if you could put a single name or accomplishment to either of those two jobs he's had
1: well let's get more specific on that like names on paper so his exact title when he got promoted in 2017 he got promoted to director of player development so, his role, we're, we're putting this guy in charge of developing young players in the minor league system, not necessarily drafting them, but whoever we draft, we 2017 need. 2017,
0: you said? Sorry, dude. 2017.
1: Know? Yeah. Okay. So, 2017, he comes in director of player development. The previous two draft picks before him in 2015 and 2016, Carson Fulmer and Zach Collins. You can't blame those draft picks on Chris Getz, but those are two first round picks that did he develop them? Of course not. But then 2017, so this guy's in charge in 2017. Here's every first round pick since Chris Getz was named director of player development of the White Sox Jake Berger in 2017. Nick Madrigal, fourth overall pick in 2018. 2019, Andrew Vaughn, third overall pick. Garrett Crochet, 11th overall pick in 2020. So that's four years of nothing. And once again, like Chris Getz might not have been drafting those guys. But for four years of first round picks to get like literally nothing and not develop these into remotely useful players is a, like a horrifying failure. And I know Jake Berger is somewhat successful now, but like that's on another team. And then the last three picks, Carson, Colson Montgomery looks awesome. Like a, he's a stud. Noah Schultz looks great, but like these are kids in single lane double A. And then our newest pick, 2023, Jacob Gonzalez actually looks like kind of a bust already, which is another conversation. But that right there, that's his resume, which is to my point earlier. Like if you make Chris Getz interview for a promotion, like Chris, what have you done since we promoted you in 2017? What players have you developed? None of the first round, literally zero of the first round picks. The only guy you can like hang his head on is Luis Robert. But that was a guy we paid a ton of money to. Out of Cuba, who was like supposed to be awesome, and he was. He didn't develop Luis Robert. We just we successfully took a guy who was supposed to be awesome, and promoted him, and he was awesome. So, am I missing something? Like, is there to if you were to be generous to Chris Getz, and say like, oh no, he did do this well as a minor league player development guy, like, or is that it? Like, he was an abject failure. Am I missing something here?
0: I think you're even being generous in your criticism, because you're plucking from the top. These are the first-round picks. And from what I've heard, he wasn't even the head scout, so to say, where it was his call on who was drafted. So you've just named names that we've heard because they came in heralded first-round picks. That's just natural. The job of a player developer is not to make studs studs. It's to make those David Ecksteins that Jerry loves so much and make them shine. And it's you name names that should have hit in Major League at least at a 30% clip. That's just what every other team sees. Instead, it's next to zero, and we have next to zero guys from the second or to, what, 50th round ever emerging as stars or even replacement level players, guys, less than guys, less than Chris gets in the pros. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, let's be really brutally honest that to say, Oh, well he failed because Andrew Vaughn, you could name 10 reasons. Andrew Vaughn hasn't developed and be right. And none of them would be Chris gets or one of them could be, but that's not the problem with like first round picks. The problem is, This guy is supposed to be teaching our regular guys who show up for two weeks to play a position, how to be competent, and we don't see that. The only people we see that from is people who come from other organizations or pro leagues. Like you said, Luis Robert, he gets no credit for that. Luis Robert would be a star wherever. He'd probably be better um, (laughs) if he came up through another team, honestly. You're telling me that if he came up through the Dodgers, you wouldn't expect him to be better or for them to have – even traded him by now, they've already ha- would have moved on. That's just reality. So I That's don't know. So like funny
1: because Reinsdorf in the press conference, he said like the, the main reason he uh, thought Chris was qualified is because he was a minor league director who made players better. He wanted a guy who was going to like get the, like you said, not the stud prospects, but he wanted a guy – who was going to make those grinders into valuable major league players, or he would develop and elevate. He was describing a person that was not Chris Getz. Like he, Chris Getz, is not doing that either. He's neither making Andrew Vaughn an all star, nor is he getting those like eleventh, fifteenth round picks into the majors, like the Braves do with regularity. Like it seems no. like every month the Braves are promoting. Like, wait, that guy was a twelfth round pick three years ago, and now he's in the mate. Like, what the hell? Yeah. So, It's like Jerry was describing someone who literally was not a person he hired. It was so weird to hear him speak like that about Chris Getz. Because even if you like... uh, I was reading some old headlines when Chris Getz got promoted and when the Sox farm system was really good. Because we did have like a top three farm system. But that was with guys like Luis Robert, who was obviously awesome. Eli Jimenez, who is underperformed. Yohan who who is underperformed. So he's riding on these laurels that like turned out to be horrible it's like oh chris was in charge of a farm system the number three farm system in baseball but once those guys got promoted the major league team became terrible like how was that an accomplishment those guys were never as good as we thought we, they were and that's the best chris Guts ever did it's so infuriating the more i think about it
0: the only competent baseball players have been identified by rick in my opinion it's these pickups You know, Clint Frazier, guys like that. No one else coming up through our organization knows how to play baseball. And it's it's a problem. But when you make a franchise directional decision based on success in an area where you have none, it's baffling. Like, how do you accept that? (laughs) Like, going back to what Jerry said, and I said I believed him, I guess I'm thinking twice about it because I believe what he said, like heartstring stuff. But every fact he brought up was not true or was not good enough of an answer. He's like, oh, well, we won the division. We did this. We did that. Some of our players are pretty good. It's like none of that's true. Like, yeah, it's fine to win the division, but you're trying to do more than win the division. It seems like he's truly the, the, the mountain is winning the division. That's good enough. Winning the division. So if that's the case, then they're running the organization just fine. Cause rolling the dice is as good as planning. That's what they're saying.
1: And he's not wrong. Like if if you just zoom out and like take emotions out of it as a Sox fan, Ryan surf is making the correct calculation as I don't need to spend like the Red Sox or Yankees or Dodgers. I'm in the worst division in baseball. Yeah, a couple of years here, we might be terrible. But all I need to do is win like 86 games, and I'm contending. So he's not wrong to make the calculus. I don't need to spend. I don't need to try as hard as other teams because we have a better shot than most to make win the division. I just I wish we did. It wasn't like that, but he's not wrong logically. It's so sad.
0: He's not wrong that you don't have to spend, but if you don't want to spend and you want to be effective, mm-hmm. like if they go out and spend 70 million this off season, they could definitely compete next year. It's just, are they, I don't know.
1: <laughs> this has nothing to do with Chris Getz, but I'm, I'm just looking at like the white Sox franchise history and Rick Han. So tra- obviously traded Fernando Tatis in 2016 since the Fernando Tatis trade, one of the worst trades in baseball history. We made the playoffs twice, won two games total. So that's the last seven years of Rick Hahn's tenure. What other organization would have let a guy trade away maybe the best player in baseball and have two playoff wins, not series wins, two playoff wins in seven years and give him that long? It's so pathetic. And Chris Gatz was part of the organization the entire time too. So like, why are we? Oh my god.
0: Yeah, let's get back to Chris Getz So I mean, we talked about player development, who he was as a player. I mean, does the fact that he's one sole decision maker as of now. Okay, that, let, let's talk about that. To me, that's the first test for this dude is if he gives up any of his power to one of his KC buddies or whoever, that's a failure. He needs to hold on to all the power he has right now. Because let's say three years from now, there's a change in leadership above Chris Gets, like Jerry, for whatever reason, is out and they need to elect a new chairman. They're going to clean house, you know. So you want to be able to hold on to as much power and put your stamp on these two or three or one year, however long. Because I'm telling you, if there's a new owner, new executive, he's out for sure guaranteed so that's my first test for chris gets is if he gives up any power and creates a rick when he doesn't need to that's a failure
1: well i think jerry did he did explicitly say like i wanted one decision maker so i don't think jerry wants that nor would he let chris hire like a rick i think jerry's
0: he said he wouldn't let him it's he said it's up to him
1: I think Jerry agrees with you though. Like I really think Jerry is looking at this as like a three year timeline. I don't think he's gonna let Chris Getz have this job for ten years, even if Jerry like stayed alive for ten years. I really do think this is an easy hire. Promote this young guy. No one else wants him. I'll give him three years to ride at this core. If it doesn't work out, then I'll I might like sell the team or move to the suburbs or move to whatever. Just like completely blow it up. I don't, I, I really don't think we're in for like Kenny Williams 2.0. No, this
0: is, this is an intern interim GM, long-term exactly. interim. That's exactly, that's how I need to look at it. Cause you just can't look too far into the future with these things. Who knows what's going to happen. It, if you had to give a letter grade to this process and hiring, what would you give?
1: I can't go lower than a C because Kenny and Rick are gone. And I mean, let's be real. Like they could have hired a a super qualified person from the Dodgers or the super qualified person from the Braves. I wouldn't have heard of that person a a minute before they were announced. So like, it's really just a name on paper. It's like Chris gets, I I, maybe he's going to be good. I have no idea. Like, to distinguish him from the assistant GM from the Braves, I would have no idea how to do that. So I really can't be super down on the Chris gets higher as much as like emotionally I am The, the, the disastrous process of it does not shadow does not cover like the joy and elation I have of the Kenny and Rick dismissal. So I'll say a C, but I know I'm being generous and I should hate it more. What about you?
0: I mean, I'm an F, personally. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to pull punches because I can totally rationalize from Jerry's current perspective why they're doing what they're doing, but I disagree as a fan because I don't have your same timeline, timeline or interests. My interest is in improving the team long-term, and this is not how you do that so i like i if i was going to grade it from their perspective i would even give it a c like it's a totally average move but from my perspective it's a failure because it was an opportunity like you send shockwaves when you clean house if you do it twice like I said, it could totally change in 2 years 3 years but i don't see this team doing anything special in the next 2 or 3 years as currently constructed and operated. So to say we're going to stay the course with a completely untested, zero qualifications, literally nothing, no reason you should have the job. I just can't give it anything other than an F. I think the
1: only reason I'm not at an F is because if Jerry... I want to be clear.
0: It, We're talking about a 0%.
1: 0%. Like, it could not be worse for you.
0: It's not even an incomplete. They turned in the homework. And it sucks. Zero. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I so, Okay, so I want to agree with you. But here's the only reason I can't. Is because if we take Jerry at his word that he wants to be better in 2024 he thinks we can win the division he wants to he does not want to blow it up I think if you accept him at his word and you think he's committed to that then I don't care if it's Chris Getz or the best possible outside hire I really don't think there's much of a difference there if Jerry made it clear however that no one's untouchable and I mean that like Luis Robert if there's a deal that comes along that we can do. I would want the best possible person blowing it up and rebuilding, but I don't really don't care who is like steering the ship of this shit pile in 2024. It's it, it has three wheels and gas leaking everywhere, and we're gonna be on fire regardless. So whoever's steering the wheel, I don't. It doesn't really matter to me. So it's like a C.
0: No, yeah. If you're fine with the flaming shitmobile. <laughs> C, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I'm saying if you're making a big move, changing over your front office, do it right. Otherwise, like I, I honestly would rather they just fired Kenny and kept Rick, or fired Rick and kept Kenny, because it's the same thing. I, I guess it's different, so we don't know. It's just it sucks. It's such a nothing move when. Whenever when the world's falling apart, in White Sox world, it's the wrong message. I think, I get you. I totally understand because I see it from their perspective. They said it. They did not lie. We didn't. We didn't look outside the building. We want to compete next year. We're not going after Shohei. We're not signing any pitchers. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Well, there it is. Like what else do you want? They they've laid the plan out for you. It's win as cheaply and crappily as possible. Maybe this guy who hasn't done anything for some reason will be good at this. That's the argument. It really yeah. is. Yeah, He's not it. done a thing. Well, when like there's a handful of pl- former players that are GMs, some of them were actually good at baseball, but they're actually good at being GMs. Like I I just I struggle with this and how like what it's going to take to get me into the stadium going forward to watch baseball, not for a night out cuz I'll go out for a night out, I'll hang out for sure, I'm not going to object. But just for purely like ah, I want to see some baseball. It's tough, you know? You we were talking before about How cheap of a ticket would it (laughs) need to be? And it goes back, are we going to see game pass type pricing? Because no one I've talked to or any of the feedback I've seen has been positive at all about this hire. So I just don't know what they expect. If they don't make some significant move, which they said they're not going to do, like to just outright say, we're not going after the best player currently in baseball. Oh, well... That's an interesting thing to say unprovoked. Okay. (laughs) But you (laughs) want us to take you serious. Like
1: why he could, Reinsdorf could know in his heart, like, of course I'm not paying Otani. That'd be crazy for me to do. He can know that. Why not just lie to the fans? Like, oh, the best player who's ever lived. Yeah, we're going to make a shot at him. We know it's going to be competitive. We know 29 other teams are going to be after him, but so are we. Why not just say that? And lie and like make your fit but you're saying nah, no
0: one gonna... asked you to say anything <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's the other thing they did not ask you are we going to be in the otani race you said it unprovoked in defense of the awful signings you've made in the past well we signed dallas keichel so we're never going to sign shohei otani oh you're right chris gets great
1: <laughs> we, we just gave andrew benintendi a five-year deal for no reason so yeah, Otani, no, we're not, we're not doing that.
0: Okay, it Andrew Benintendi, the, the biggest contract we've ever given out, and he's a fine player, but not the difference. But he is the Eckstein type, just a grind-it-out type. And he comes in. This is my problem, too, with, like, a Benintendi. He points out everything wrong in our organization because he's not that good, but he just plays baseball. And so many guys on the Sox don't. And it just it's night and day when we have these outsiders come in and we're promoting gets because he knows how to create that. But he hasn't. It's it's crazy to me.
1: Oh, my God, I feel so bad for the uh, like 23 year old college graduates. They just graduated like communications degree from UIC and they're working for the White Sox now, like trying to sell season tickets. How do you how do you possibly do that job? Every person you're calling is furious. Just yelling at you, and you're like, "I didn't, I didn't say Otani. We're not saying Otani. When are you going from me?" I feel so bad for those kids.
0: They got a rough summer out of them. Yeah. So, no pay either. I'm sure it's an internship. Jerry knows somebody's a pipeline.
1: Without a doubt. Do you think you'll yeah. go to any games before the end of the season?
0: I might. I might. Um, <laughs> it's just hard. It's really hard after, you know, the deadline happened. I went I've been to a game since the deadline, a couple, I think. And it's just there's no importance at all of what's happening on the field. And it's not even cheap. That's what I'm saying. It it needs to get down to less than a dollar a game for me to be making the numbers I've made in the past few years. Cause it's it's horrible. Let's talk about how bad it is. I mean, as they say, this core can compete and they're not bad. We don't have any guys on the team. We don't. Like Ben and Dendy, biggest signing. You know I love him, but he's not making a difference. Eloy, he just looks lost. Tim Anderson, still a negative war player. I mean, it's just... What are we? What are we going out there to see? They need to make some sort of splash, but they've said they're not. They're going to get a budget splash like some aging veteran. There's plenty of them in this free agent class, so they might go hog wild.
1: Well, even the more depressing thing too is like if you look at the lineup we're recording now on September second, the lineup for September second, top half, it's not going to change for next year. You got Tim Anderson. Benintendi, Andrew Vaughn, Eloy Moncada. Luis Robertson tonight, up, and put him in there. So we got six guys where that is not changing. Anderson, Benintendi, Robert, Vaughn, Eloy, Yuan. But then the the second base right field catcher, we're looking at it now. It's going to be Lenin Sosa or something. It's going to be Oscar Colas. And it's going to be the kid, uh, Corey Lee, we got from the Astros. So these September lineups were like, oh man, this is a bad team, but we're trying to lose. It's no big deal. Yeah, We're trying to lose now, but we're going to be trying to win in six months and none of those players are going to change. It's like, how can we have it both? We're not signing some star to play right field. It's going to be Oscar Colas. We're not trading Colson Montgomery for a second baseman. It's going to be Lenin Sosa. There's no catchers we're going to sign. So like, this is the team. Look at the lineup. That's the team. Like how does Ryan in good conscience think we're going to win when the team we're putting out now in 30 games below 500, that's going to be the team next year. I I don't understand how he believes the fans, or how he thinks the fans would believe him that we're going to contend in 2024.
0: It it makes no sense. Yeah. Cause it's not like people are injured or being rested. It's, it's, it's the alpha prime squad and they're healthy. Yeah. And some of them are playing well quote-unquote, compared to themselves. But, uh, no. I mean, we're we're bottom-bottom team right now. It's not like we're getting bad breaks. That was another thing that was frustrating in the press conference. Jerry's like, we were one hit away from winning a bunch of games. It's like, no. (laughs) Or maybe, but we don't have people that can get those hits, so it's irrelevant, you know. That press conference was shocking to me. I was... I don't know if you listened to the whole thing, but I was, I did. I was, I was paralyzed by the news and I just had to bask in it. I could not believe the things that were said in that press conference. If you haven't had the opportunity to listen to it, I, I do recommend it's on any number of uh, daily sports podcasts from that day, but it just, uh, I'm not at all surprised that, the move they made, because of what they said. Everything they said makes no sense, but they believe it, and they're going forward with it, (laughs) because six out of nine guys are not changing, and they're all bad. They're all real bad.
1: (laughs) Yeah, our best six players, five of them are really bad, and the three rookies that are going to come up next year, they're all bad, too. Like Unless you think Oscar Colas is going to be an all-star next year, unless you think that Uh, Tim Anderson is going to be the exact opposite. Like they, we have no hope. Even Dylan Cease, this kid who this time last year, we're like, Holy shit. We are so lucky to have him. We have the best young pitcher in baseball. And if we trade him, we can get a team's top five prospects. We were saying that stuff 12 months ago. I don't know what we can get for Dylan. Cease. even if we wanted to trade him, he's been genuinely bad recently. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Even if we wanted to blow it up, it's such a bad time to do it.
0: That's what I mean. Like, I totally get it that you're screwed with this core, the way the contracts are, and you have to sell for pennies on the dollar. And you have to be thinking about the next 10 years to make a move like that. That's where we're at. We really are. Because this team sucks. We're in fourth place in the AL Central. They suck. And there's no reason to think they'll be better. Right? Is there?
1: (laughs) The only way. If you're if you're an optimist and you're thinking like okay, in what universe is the so- are the Sox contending for the World Series in 2025, not 2024 but 2025? It starts with Colson Montgomery. You would have to believe that, like this kid's going to come up in 2024 and be a really good rookie, maybe contend for Rookie of the Year, and then 2025 he's he's going to be like a Cunha level good, just one of those people who are 22 and immediately awesome. And if you don't think that, if you don't think Colson Montgomery is going to be an all-star in 2025, you have to blow it up. Otherwise, like we don't have anything to to even accommodate for anything less than that. If right. he comes up and he's fine, like that's not good enough. He has to be a superstar. And that's unfair to put those expectations on that kid.
0: That might not even be enough, to be honest. If yeah. you just insert a five-wire... Look, let's say he's an MVP candidate in 2025. If you insert a five war player into our lineup, we're still bottom half of the league.
1: That is a great and depressing point. Yeah, if you, if you put Acuna on our team, we're still like one of the worst teams in baseball.
0: Yeah. That's not fair to the Braves to make that comparison. Cause they're surrounding Acuna with three, four, two war players. Yeah. We, we, have two war players on our season and one of them doesn't play for us anymore. Okay. Oh my God. Plus one, a guy. Jake Berger is still a guy. I know we're lamenting his departure, but he's just a guy.
1: <laughs> he's just a guy who hit his 29th and 30th home runs today.
0: I all right. We made the worst trade. Second worst trade ever. What do you want me to say? <laughs> we stink yeah so it's really it's it's sad for me cuz i i get why they did what they did but i just fundamentally disagree with the entire premise so i i just can't find any any room to wiggle on this being okay cuz you know what's really sad about this whole thing this whole breakdown of the core and the franchise at this point is that there's so much talent in major league baseball and we may even have some of it, but it's just underdeveloped undercooked. And while the rest of the league is having fun we're not, <laughs> like there's so much fun happening in baseball and there's none on the South side, not even with Roberts epic season Reisdorf, And Getz can't even praise Robert in in their opening talks. I mean, it's just there's no joy. Do you have any joy?
1: (laughs) No, because in the past with, like, bad teams, I actually haven't minded horrible White Sox teams in the past because I'm such a sucker for, like, hope with young guys. You know, I'm the same person who convinced myself that Joe Borchard was going to be a star. And those horrible teams, I would obsessively watch every Joe Borchardt at bat. And these, like, scrub pitchers that come up, I like watching them and saying, like, ooh, maybe they have a shot here. And Moncada, I can convince myself of all these young guys, like, I'll be your biggest fan. I really, really hope you succeed. And I do not feel that for any of these guys. It's nothing they're doing. But, like, Andrew Vaughn, eight years ago, I would have been – obsessed with Andrew Vaughn's success, but it's so clear he just doesn't have it. We've just failed at accumulating guys with a shot. We None of these guys have a shot to be all-stars. Is there a single person on our team outside of Luis Robert who like will make an all-star team in the next few years? I, I really don't think so. And accepting that and just like, coming to grips with that, it's so depressing because the rebuild failed. We've never had that as White Sox fans. Either we were successfully rebuilding into something trying to maintain maybe with false hope, but trying to maintain a level of high success, especially those like post world series years, but we've never like reset rebuilt and it failed. And this is that. So like I'm supposed to hold on hope that Moncato will turn it around again. That's gone. I gave up Tim Anderson. I'm supposed to hold on hope that he's going to be hit 330 again. I gave up on that. The rebuild failed. Like let's just move on pull the bandaid off it's so depressing
0: I'm ready to you know I've been hyping you said 2025 that is when I really think that's the next realistic chance they have to compete I'm ready for it they're just not and it's not that long of a time you see these franchises turn over overnight like the Orioles garbage now it's an extreme case you know they, they did really well But they were garbage in 2017, 18. They were in like the World Series like two years before that. And they've completely turned around their franchise. It's it's doable in a short span of time. So, I mean, I I think we're at that point. We just have no capital to kick off the whole process. So, it's dark. Dark days right now.
1: Yeah, for context, the Orioles in 2021... They won 52 games and they're one of the best teams in baseball this year. So not, I mean, two years, that's aggressive, but even going back a little bit further, we saw the Astros do it. We saw the Cubs do it in 2016. It seems like every few years there is a team is like, you know what? This is going to suck for three years, but please trust us. We know what we're doing. Give us three years and we'll be contending for world series. We need to start that. And it sucks that Chris gets the choice. They may delete it, but like, this doesn't have to be a decade long problem. We could be in 2025, 2026, we could be contending for World Series with Colson Montgomery as our best player. For people who missed it, he is the third best prospect in baseball. We haven't had that uh maybe ever, like a guy that young.
0: Since Gonkata.
1: <laughs> but that we drafted like a guy Yeah,
0: no, oh, yeah. Frank Thomas.
1: Maybe Frank Thomas, yeah. It's pretty incredible.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, it is exciting, like, the Montgomery aspect. Um, Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know, dude. Like, I wish they would pick the hard lane instead of the easy lane, which just seems what they're doing. Just we're going to middle for two more years and then five more years after that. It's And the Cubs thing really hurts because it's just like – I feel like the biggest – I don't even know. We're at an hour. We should probably start wrapping up. I'm just rambling at this point. But it seemed like the biggest issue with the rebuild was just the buy-in that every piece that you drew on a chalkboard in 2017 and wrote ETA 2020, you didn't make a single change. You didn't upgrade. You didn't downgrade where you had to for the, you know, sell high. They just stuck with the plan. That's what's scary about this and it's like you're bringing in chris getz who assumably has been whispering or at least been present so he's either been present to make the wrong decisions spur on the wrong decisions or he wasn't communicating his message effectively enough to change minds so he's a nothing
1: (laughs) it's i at some at like a human level i do feel some like pangs of sympathy where we're just You spend an hour just like absolutely shitting on a guy. Unqualified, does that, like, I do feel somewhat bad, but like, why do I feel that this organization has stolen so much joy from me?
0: They didn't have to hire him. He didn't have to take the job. You accept that criticism when you step into that role. Yeah. I get it, what you're saying, but I shouldn't have to make these comments. I, if they interviewed a single person and hired Chris Katz, I'd be more agreeable to the situation. They didn't, they just uh, like, there's no reason to expect anything's going to get better. There is not other than random chance. That's all we're going on right now.
1: We have no hope we've given up. So before we get out of here, do you want to give your thoughts on the, uh, The magic bullet in comiskey i know you said you didn't want to talk about it but i'm going to make you talk about it
0: no thank you i need a little change of pace reset my mental state (laughs) so (laughs) this story is one of the more bizarre things that i've read like it sucks that it's the socks but it's also just a very weird story so we had a couple weeks ago, Vanilla Ice and one of the Millie Vanillies, the surviving Nilly, was uh, going to perform. That was canceled. Uh, amongst the chaos, it was revealed there was the shooting uh, or a bullet or something ha- struck someone or multiple people. And just all the news that has come out after it, where did the bullet come from outside? Was it rolled into the blubber? of one of the people who was allegedly shot, the fact that we don't have answers and they don't seem to be coming. Even in the press conference, they're like, we don't know. And they're sticking to it came from outside because no one can say it came from inside. So that's the correct position to take as a company. But it it's just weird. And it's just like when it rains, it pours. In the worst of times, of course, there's a magic bullet conspiracy theory that uh, happens in the bleachers at a Sox game. I mean, (laughs) I have so many thoughts on it, but basically I think we're never going to know the truth of what happened. So you may as well speculate. (laughs) Okay.
1: Aren't you shocked that if it did originate from outside of the stadium, aren't you shocked that this type of stuff doesn't happen all the time? Like, there are so many guns in the country and people shoot for whatever reason, even just like target practice, or even like firing it off in the or celebration. I'm shocked this doesn't happen constantly, like every day. It's like, oh, did you hear about like down the street, your neighbor, like, bullets rain from the sky from like a shooting a few blocks away? Mm-hmm. So, when I heard that, like, oh, it might have originated from outside of the stadium, that sounded like perfectly plausible to me. That's not like denigrating Chicago or anything, but it's like, oh, yeah, that. As a kid, I thought, like, yeah, why aren't more people shot by, like, stray bullets from blocks away? Yeah. That makes way more sense to me than someone getting a gun inside the stadium.
0: I agree. I agree. It's just there's so little information to confirm anything. It's hard to, like, of course, yeah, you think about there's shootings. What goes up must come down. But just the way the news was coming out just seemed suspicious. And when they were like, was it bullet? Was it bullets? I mean, a bullet on its like downward trajectory not only curves above the roof into the stadium, finds a person, still has enough velocity to deflect and hit multiple parties. That's strange to me.
1: It's very strange.
0: And when they said bullets plural in the release, I don't know if that was a typo or I read too much into it. But if that's your claim, it's even more unbelievable. If you know anything about trajectory over the course of a mile, a millimeter (laughs) changes trajectory quite a bit. So it's weird and we didn't need it. Like as a Sox fan, you take a lot of shit and... (laughs) it was just more shit we didn't need to take like there's already enough jokes about south side being you know dangerous the people literally getting sh- like if you just zoom out from who what why when where to a person or people got shot in the socks in the Sox stadium it's just this month cannot end this from the tim anderson knockout till now or till chris Getz was hired was like one of the worst months if not the i think it definitely is the worst month in my white Sox fandom like just intolerable insufferable in unbearable blow after blow (laughs) it's really sucked
1: yeah it i mean it that was the story more than anywhere it's like it has to be my team Come, like, I, I thought back to when those that de- that father and son like beat the shit out of the umpire like what, 15 20 years ago at the Sox game. I was like, hey, This has to be my team. People talk shit about the South Side all the time and talk shit about the Sox. Like, and they're this is like unneeded ammunition, they already have it against me as a Sox fan. Like, please. And this is right after like Tim Anderson he got the, his, the shit beat out of him with like one punch. It's like, please, going to go two weeks? Will I be embarrassed as a Sox fan? Please, and I can't. The answer is no, I can't. Every two weeks this year, I'm going to oh. be embarrassed
0: beyond what you thought was possible.
1: Like, oh, Don, Const- your, your star shortstop, yeah, he's going to get uh, knocked out by a punch. Oh yeah, and then uh, you're going to hire an unqualified G- GM. Oh yeah, and then bullets are going to rain from the sky into a- <laughs> like what?
0: How is this all this happening? And is the worst team in a decade. Did I mention that? Yeah.
1: Although, shout out for you using the word blubber, <laughs> which I have not seen reported in New Zealand.
0: Well, I saw like officially it was fat rolls.
1: Fat rolls, <laughs> I think, was the preferred, the preferred nomenclature. I don't think blubber has made its way into the AP uh, lexicon.
0: Yeah, that's fair. They're a little more uh, on point with. A Little more sensitive with the words, but if true, that's that's absurd. That leads to a whole nother conversation of how much, how many lethal weapons are tucked away in people's whatevers, as you walk these streets. Oh God, I know.
1: Well, if you want to talk about the uh, blubber, guns and blubber, if you want to talk about uh, you and Chris Getz, the Burler Boys are going to be at Riot Fest. Look for. Two People who you do not know what we look like, but uh, just take random guesses. Come talk about the burler boys, we'll hear your voice. We'll come over to you during uh, ICP. We're big ICP fans, gonna have face mess, face paint on. See you at that set.
0: Don thinks he's joking, but we're gonna join the nation.
1: Yeah, we are gonna yeah. be there.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to see postal service reunion, I'm gonna be with the nation.
1: <laughs> you're bringing your fago, you're getting nuts.
0: Well, I told you we're having a brunch party, so uh, there is going to be a fago station at the party and makeup if you do want to adorn. So
1: I, I hope you're not kidding. Like I'm, I'm not. Wrong. Okay, no. great.
0: I this go real. Awesome. Yeah. I'm not committing to the face paint, but I will make it available to guests. Amazing. All right. Well... I hope that this was nice to say my thoughts about how horrible it is. I know everyone's struggling right now, so I hope this helped in whatever weird way. Thank you for listening. Don, do you have any outgoing thoughts other than Fago for life?
1: I'm going to take a bath in Fago, clean out the pores.
0: Smart. All right. Thanks for listening, and we'll do a pod in 36 hours when the stadium collapses on itself. <laughs> Have a good one. You do it. He threw him out. Of the ball you got to be me. What in How are you doing? What are you doing, Werner? You got to be kidding me. That is so bad that is absolutely brutal.
1: That is unbelievable.
0: I'll tell you what They have got to start making guys be accountable. That is totally absurd. That just tells you he has blue. Here's an umpire in the American League knows nothing about the game of baseball. That's unbelievable.